Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It is another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, I'd like to welcome back Kendra Grobe. She's a retirement plans manager here at Consumers Energy. So, Kendra, if you'd reintroduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Hey, Bill. I am Kendra Grobe, retirement plans manager, as you mentioned. I've been with the company just over three months, so not a real long time yet. But um, we're doing good things. We're excited about some of the stuff that we're pushing out. So glad to share with our, our listeners. Well, we're glad to have you here. And this is interesting. Three months at the company, and you've been on the podcast twice now. So I know. I think you like me. <laughs> I think so. I like what you have to say. <laughs> We've got good stuff. So in, in, you know, in talking about coming on the podcast again, we are at that time of year where people are doing the ever popular New Year's resolution. So I thought it'd be a good idea for us to talk about New Year's resolutions. And you have some interesting background on where this came from. So could you talk a little bit about the history of the New Year's resolution? Sure, because when you and I started talking about this, I got to thinking, okay, where did New Year's resolutions start? Is it a real thing? Is it a Hallmark holiday? Or did it actually come from something in history? So I did a little Googling and did a little history search in here. And I found out that the custom of making the New Year's resolutions actually started with the ancient Babylonians around 4,000 years ago. So this is not a new tradition. Um, at that time, their new year started in mid-March because that's when they actually began their planning their crop seasons. So what they did is they held a 12-day festival called, and I'm sorry, I hope I say this right, but Akidu, where they crown a new king or reaffirm their existing king. And they also made promises that we would consider resolutions, but they were promises to their gods at that time that they would repay debts or return items that they borrowed. If they kept the word, the gods would bestow favors on them in the coming year. If they didn't keep their word, then the god, they would fall out of favor with their gods. So kind of a old fashioned resolution there. Um, another fact I thought was kind of interesting though, is it wasn't until 46 BC when Julius Caesar messed with the calendar a little bit. And he is the one who started the new year on January 1st, like we have it today. Probably more breaking than making, yes. <laughs> We don't worry about making our God mad. We're good. We're good. We just <laughs> right. disappoint ourselves if we don't keep them. So let's talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions. You know, what, what kind of resolutions do people make? Well, I looked up the five most common type year over year, and, and they're, they're what you would pretty much expect. So about 19.7% of people make the resolution to exercise to get in shape. Sure, been guilty of that. 18.3% diet to lose weight. Only 14.8% do it to save money, you know, in some form, whether, you know, starting a savings account or just not to spend as much. 11.9% eat healthier in general, um, which we all need to do. I don't know how that ties into the diet, but we just need to eat healthier in general. And 5.5% are doing something for self-care, which, you know, here consumers, we promote self-care. And you see it all over the internet as well. So I think that's going to be a big theme for 2021. I think so too. Uh, 2020 was a difficult year for lots of reasons. And I think 2021 will be a great time to practice self-care. If I look at what you're talking about here, though, almost half of New Year's resolutions have something to do 
with our personal well-being, whether it's, you know, physical or actually if we look at all of them, 100% of them have to do with with our overall personal well-being because the financial pillar of well-being is in there as well. But over half have really to do with our physical or mental health. So I find that very, very interesting. So we have these people who are making these resolutions. How, you know, how many people do that? From what I found, it says approximately 30 to 50% of adults in the U.S. make New Year's resolutions. However, less than 10% actually keep the New Year's resolutions. I fall on the later. (laughs) (laughs) So that's interesting. Almost half of our country makes New Year's resolutions, but then uh, 10 out of every 100 people uh, keep that New Year's resolution. So uh, maybe we need to work a little bit on keeping that. Maybe it was that uh, falling out of favor with the gods back 4,000 years ago (laughs) to help people keep those resolutions. Uh, Who knows? (laughs) I think everybody looks at a new year and they think, all right, I've got the best of intentions. We write them down, and 30 days later, we realize that this is not any fun. One other thing I did see that I didn't share with you before was they said the best way to keep a resolution is to make it positive. Don't make it punishing, because if you're making a positive difference for yourself, you're more likely to keep it. So let's unwrap that a little bit. If we're talking (laughs) about keeping it positive, there's two ways to do a resolution. One, it could be I'm not going to eat ice cream anymore, which, by the way, will never happen for Bill Krieger because he loves ice cream. But I could say I resolve to eat healthier. There you go. There's your positive. Yep. And maybe you'll think about it next time you grab that bowl of ice cream. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I won't eat the whole carton. I'll just eat a portion of it. Just have a couple scoops. You're good. You got to have your dairy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. It's in the food groups. So I... I like that idea, though, of keeping it positive and not punishing, and maybe we can boost that 10% up a little bit if we can get people to do that. So, you know, 14.8% of people have resolved to save money uh, as part of their New Year's resolution um, kind of year over year. So let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, you are the retirement plans manager, so you know a thing or two about finances, What are some of the things that we can do in the coming year to help us out with that financial pillar of personal well-being? Um, The very first thing I have found on every single list is set a budget. Setting a budget can be more challenging than people realize, so they may not tend to want to do it. However, there's a lot of easy tools out there that will help you. Um, And maybe don't take it all at once. Do, um, you know, set a grocery budget, set a date night budget. Uh, but continue to look at what else you can incorporate into it. Now, Fidelity has some great workshops that all of our coworkers can go out to. I, I recommend them. I've watched them myself. Um, they supply you easy worksheets that you can work through. So setting a budget probably is going to stay number one for a while. So let's talk about setting a budget uh, for a second here. Now, the last time we talked, you talked about the Fidelity site, and I'm going to be honest with you, I hadn't really looked at it a whole lot. I checked my 401k and I do some things like that, but I really dug into the site. And they actually have like a budget setting tool that helps you think through how to spend your money and how to save your money. But for those who aren't Consumers Energy employees or maybe aren't comfortable with those tools, there are all sorts of electronic tools and apps and things that you can download on your phone and your computer to help you with that. And interestingly enough, when we were talking, uh, you were talking about the envelope method, which 
Mm-hmm. You said seemed old-fashioned, but there are many financial advisors out there today that talk about using the envelope system to set up a budget. So could you talk about that just a little bit? Yep. So I was incredibly resistant to it because I thought I could manage money just fine. I'm the retirement plans manager, but it's a little bit different when it's your own money. So my husband convinced me, and it's a way he's always done it, is you set up an envelope method. So you're basically paying these envelopes every time you get paid. Um, whether it's setting $200 aside for your mortgage payment or, you know, $100 a week set aside for grocery money. That way, you know, you you take your bill, you divide it by your how many pay, pills, pay periods you're going to have before you have to pay that bill. And that tells you how much you have to put in that envelope. That way, you know, when that bill comes due, that money is there. And it is such a stress reliever. Well, and that's a great idea. So, I mean, there are high technology tools out there for people to use. There's the envelope method. There's everything in between. So I would urge uh, our listeners to find what works for you uh, and help uh, to help set a budget for you and your family in the coming year. You've got to tell them about your budget tool that you said you found as an app. Yes, so I did. I found an app. It is called Every Dollar. And it is an electronic version of the of the envelope method. Rather than having envelopes with, that I'm actually putting cash into, I have electronic envelopes on my phone. And every month I set up my budget, I put in what my expected income is, I put in all my expected expenses. And then as I spend the money, so if I'm gonna go out to dinner, for instance, and I have a, a dining out envelope, Uh, As I go out and dine out, I enter that into the envelope. And when the envelope is empty, I am done dining out for the month. (laughs) That's a great tool because not everybody's um, so hands-on. They want to actually be able to use the electronic version for things versus looking at actual envelopes. So that's a great tool. Yep, and it's worked well for me. So what are some other things we can do this year? So here's one that I do year after year. It's put more money away for your retirement. And one of the easiest ways I have found doing that is an auto increase feature in Fidelity. So every time I get a pay increase, hopefully every year, you never know, but hopefully every year, I put in an additional 1% into my 401k because I haven't had that money for the last year. So I'm obviously not needing it. So why not put it away towards my retirement? Um, you don't have to go up 1%. You could go less. You could go more. But it's an easy way of paying yourself for your retirement. Um, another way is just to make sure that you're you're getting your full match potential with the company. You know, put in your 5% so you get your full 4% match. Um, that's free money on the table. Don't leave it there. If you're not a consumer's employee, I would urge you to check with your uh, program managers where you work to take a look at whether your company does a match or not. Most companies do a 401k match and I, I can't stress what you just said enough, Kendra, is it's free money. That that match is money that if you don't put away, you don't get. So, yes. Usually once you tell the people it's free money, that gets their attention a little bit more. So <laughs> Yes, free money. Two, th- two words I like to hear. What's something else we can do? Um, another one that I have found most often on the internet is to strive to improve your credit score. Um, I am one of those people who use Credit Karma because it's free, it's easy, it's simple to understand. 
but you should monitor your credit score at all times. You want to look for things, you know, whether it's a, a open credit card that's been sitting out there forever and you haven't done anything with, close it. If you are being scored bad on a transaction that you had, fight it. <laughs> Whatever you need to do to keep your credit score up. And um, programs like Credit Karma make it a lot easier to actually do something like that. But we also do have tools through Fidelity. And yes, I promote Fidelity because they are a wonderful company. Um, but they have all kinds of free tools out there for people to use to learn how to uh, improve their credit scores. And that's a, that's a good point because a credit score can dictate uh, what sort of interest rate you get on loans and uh, what sort of mortgage rate you can get. So definitely important to keep an eye on that. It'll also keep you informed as to whether or not maybe someone has borrowed your ID. That may be one of the most important reasons to check it in today's day and age, especially after just coming out of the holiday season. You, you just don't know and you want to take care of your credit. Absolutely. So speaking of credit, what's another thing that we can do to resolve to do this year? Uh, pay down debt. Um, I know years ago, my husband and I set a personal goal to pay off our house within 15 years on a 30-year mortgage. That was what was important to us. We focused on paying down debt um, and we made it. And it's great. I love living with no mortgage over my head, but maybe it's paying down credit cards. Um, maybe it's paying off your student debt. There's so many companies out there that can help with debt consolidation or, um, or programs to help pay off student loans. I just recommend people really go out there and see what's available to them. There's there's webcast out on Fidelity that'll direct you out to um, great companies that'll help you. And if we are ever back on site post COVID, I actually do a lot of on-site uh, presentations with Fidelity. I'll have them come out and sit with us and anybody who's interested and they'll go over ways that help save on um, expenses, pay down your debt, um, help you save more money for retirement. All the things I've just discussed so far, Fidelity will help with. And I'm here for you too. Well, that's good to know. That's comforting. I did want to say something also when we talk about student loan debt, uh, if you go out to studentaid.gov, which is where you'll find all your student loan information, there's a lot of free help out there. You don't necessarily have to pay someone to help you uh, reduce that debt or find a better payment plan or pay it off early. Uh, there is a lot of free information at studentaid.gov if you have student debt. So. Uh, don't forget that that's an available resource. So we've talked about setting budgets and uh, putting money away for retirement, improving our credit score, maybe paying down some debt if possible. Uh, what is something else we might want to look at doing uh, in the coming year to help protect us and our loved ones financially? So one of the items I would recommend that is not often spoke about because people are uncomfortable with the conversations is creating a will. If you don't have a will nowadays, the state that you live in can decide on what happens to your belongings. It's the same as not setting up a beneficiary. It's protecting those that you love. Um, there's a lot of free tools on the internet that can help you design a will, or you can go through an estate planner and they can actually set one up for you. Um, again, in Fidelity, we have tools that help people actually prepare their estate plan. It's just so much, 
more comforting knowing that if something happened to you and we just came through 2020 with all this COVID stuff, if something were to happen to you, that your loved ones are being taken care of. And that's an easy New Year's resolution to do. Absolutely. And, and you're definitely going to want to look into it because there's a difference between uh, having a will and having um, an estate plan or uh, something along those lines. So you'll definitely want to take a look at what works for you in the situation that you're in. And again, there's all kinds of information and resources available to help you do that. Well, I appreciate all of this information. You know, when we initially talked, uh, I thought we were just going to, you know, talk about uh, money and budget, but we got a history lesson as well. So that was kind of fun. And I didn't realize uh, all of the people out there that uh, make New Year's resolutions and then the 10% that keep it like we were joking beforehand. I'd like to meet at least one of that 10% because I, I don't think I've ever actually kept a New Year's resolution. And if anyone out there has, I'd love to hear from you and uh, hear how that worked out. Uh, but we are getting ready to wrap up the podcast for today. So, Kendra, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we do that? I'd just like to say thank you for letting me share this information with you. Anything is possible if we just put our minds to it. Great way to close out the show. I really appreciate you being on again. And I know that at some point this year, we'll have you back on. The information you give us is just so helpful and I get great feedback. So looking great. forward to that. Thanks a lot, Bill. I appreciate it. And thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Please be sure and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and many, many others. And be sure and tune in every Wednesday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.